Hear the word of God from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and that endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The word of God for the people of God. Good morning, everyone. I know we have a few new people, and I just want to say uh, uh, a big welcome to you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for checking us out. This is a place, no matter where you are in your, your spiritual journey, you're welcome. And uh, you're welcome to join our mission, which is to take the thoughts that we have about God in our head and make disciples who make God's love real. And so I hope you'll uh, come back and, and join us. And if you want to talk afterwards, I'll be right out in the back. So sometimes we don't take a moment to just be silent. And so I want to just give us 30 seconds to just clear our hearts and our minds as we prepare to just listen to what God might have us through the scripture today. Let's pray. God, take our busy thoughts and calm them. Open our hearts, open our spirits to what you would have for us today through the music, through the communion, through any interaction that we might have with each other. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So here's a question. What would it take for us over the summer? Summer just started. All kids are out of school. Look at all the kids here. Let's say hi to the kids. Hi. Done with school. How cool is that? What, what would it look like for us over the summer? What would it look like for us over the summer to strengthen our tie with God? What would that look like? We're coming, we're going, we're running. What would it look like for us? Will you throw that big moment slide up for a moment? This is our last in the series. And not that one, the, the one you just had, the big moments one. That one, yeah. So we were talking about big moments over the last three weeks and big moments for the disciples. And the first one you can see with a little arrow was about ascension. The second one was Pentecost when the disciples experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, what's that last symbol? Trinity. Trinity. It's Trinity Sunday. Aren't you glad you came? Just kidding. It's a confusing doctrine. It was established in 381 and has endlessly been debated ever since. Most preachers, including me, struggle to put really any meaningful words around this pretty deep, mind-bending doctrine. We'd rather avoid it. Our creed that we don't often say in here, but sometimes we do, says that there's one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Father as creator, Son, Jesus Christ as Redeemer, Holy Spirit as Sustainer or Advocate. But one plus one plus one equals... Yeah. All right. That, that, do you guys get that? Did you learn that in school this year? One plus one plus one equals... 
One, yeah, three. Yeah, that's what we think, right? But this is clear as mud for us. You know, the word Trinity isn't even found in the Bible. Did you know that? It's not even in the Bible, that word. And it's believed that the first person to use it was Tertullian, an early church father. I think in the late uh, 100s, early 200s. And then John Wesley had something to say about the Trinity. And I thought this was interesting. I'd share it with you. He said, John Wesley was our founder, the founder of kind of the Methodist movement back in the 1700s. This is what he said. He says, bring me a worm. Bring me a worm that can comprehend a man. And I will show you a man that can comprehend the Trinity. All right, then. If we can't approach the breath and depth of this truth, does it even matter? Does it? Does it even matter? I want to say to you, it does. It does matter. And as we engage and experience a Trinitarian understanding of God, I want to suggest to you, it can actually strengthen our relationship with God. And it can actually strengthen our relationship with one another. Hopefully, we'll uh, unpack that a bit together right now. I got a story. This is my grandmother. She was 90. She died a couple years ago, but she was like 95. But she was kind of this way her whole life. She was a bit of a hoarder. Not like TV show quality, but she... She definitely had some stuff kind of gather up. Like around the telephone, there were stacks of scrap paper and every different pen that she could follow because she didn't want to waste paper. Maybe it was because she lived through depression. I don't know, but scrap paper was everywhere. And then maps from her travels. See, she had affinity for maps. So she would go to like North Carolina or Georgia. And next thing you know, there's a bend with maps from the 60s and 70s and 80s that she doesn't want to get rid of. And they're they're packed in there. But one of the weirdest things that she had was right under the sink. And when we were kind of helping her clean up, we, we discovered them. She had them in all sizes. She had them in all colors. And she had them in all shapes. Now, I want to ask the kids if they know what this is. Do you know what this is? Do any of the kids know what these are? Sticky notes? No, no, let's try to, let's do, let's do this. Does anyone know what these are? Those twisty thingies. You got it. Absolutely. Twisty ties. She had thousands and thousands of twisty ties. If you had to tie anything together, if you wanted to strengthen and reinforce some stuff up, she had a million of these. Now, I tried to get these at Walmart and they don't even have them anymore. Anyway, so this is what I got with, uh, in, in a, in a waste paper basket thing for our bathroom. So that's all I was able to get there. But she had these. And I want, And the reason I, I point these out, these are a little bit antiquated. Obviously, they're not really used much anymore. But I want them to be a metaphor for you over the summer. People come and go. But it can, it can be a reminder that you can strengthen your relationship with God over the summer. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the Trinity. So, today's scripture has all three persons of the Trinity. I, always, I was always confused when I was growing up. Why do they call them persons? That, that just, that makes my mind go crazy. But anyway, so let's go ahead and put up the first part of the scripture. So it says, first it says, there, no, no, for, uh, first, uh, 
That's, yeah, that is it, right. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. Okay, so God is the first, um, first person of the Trinity. And it says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity, through whom we obtain access to this grace in which we stand. So we're standing in this grace through Jesus Christ to have peace with God the Father, right? And we boast in the hope of a sharing of the glory of God. Fast forward to the third slide of this for us. And, and so he talks about suffering, how it produces character, and that says, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And we learned a little bit about that last week. So there they all are again. One plus one plus one equals one equals three. I, so, yes, when you go back to school, yes. But our understanding of God is that one plus one plus one equals one. So peace comes with God the Father through the Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And the sustainer or the advocate or the paraclete, as it's called, is poured into us as we traverse the joys and sufferings of life. We actually have God in us and with us. So I was talking to this mind kind of numbing concept with the staff down at the portico this week. And we, and we began um, with, our, with a talk and Shalette piped up and she goes, you know what? I think that people sometimes relate more closely with one person of the Trinity. She didn't exactly use those words, but kind of something like that. And everybody around the room was like, yeah, yeah, you, you can kind of see it the way people pray, the way they talk about God and the characteristics of God, which made me want to ask you a question, and this is participation time, okay? When you think about God, when you talk about God, when you reflect on God, is there one kind of part of that trinity that's easier for you to kind of align with, rely on, think about? God the Father, Creator, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit? And if so, why? Anybody willing to, to share with us where, what's easiest or more, most natural for them? Rock. Uh huh. He's your family, and so that makes it easy for you to kind of align with him. Okay. Anybody else? Yes. Ah, more, less patriarchal and more mystical. We're going to get into that a good bit. Yeah. Well, not a good bit, but a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Over this side. How come? Flowing through you. Okay, that's good, good. So, anybody else? Last one, kids, when you pray, any kid want to wanna, wanna share? You don't have to, I know it's, yes, Isabel. Say again. So God the creator kind of is like your father, and so you can align with that. Awesome, good. So, I want to suggest that over the summer, most of us, at least, I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but I'll say it and I'll test it on you and you can challenge me afterwards. I think when, sometimes when we think and pray and talk with God or read the scripture, we just have 
maybe there's one that we most resonate with or most align with when we start thinking about God. And God has all this, again, words don't do it justice, but has these characteristics and these attributes and these ways of being with us. And over the summer, I want to encourage you to explore some of the other ones that might feel stronger or feel less, um, less at home for you. So let's go through the first one. First one is God the creator. And here's what I want to say about this. God the creator is really God beyond us. God beyond us. Will you say that with me? God beyond us. God is beyond us. The hustle and bustle of life often blots this out for us. God can see the beginning God can see the middle and God can see the end of whatever's going on in our lives, in the world, in our countries, in our churches, in our families. God can see it. God is beyond whatever is in front of us right now. He transcends it. No matter what the painful circumstances, no matter what evil is going on, no matter what suffering we're enduring, God is beyond us. This is God, the creator, and that's the good news. And those that can identify with this kind of relationship with God, that's really good. But there's some snares with it that I want to invite you to think in. And, and you actually named one beautifully. I think sometimes for people in their life who have had a difficult relationship with their father, this becomes challenging language and challenging understanding. So that's, that's one reason. I also hear from people that God is at best indifferent and at worst angry. And this can pull us into all kind of nihilism, which asserts that our individual lives don't really matter. None of it really matters. And even though our little minds, as powerful as they are, can't comprehend the majesty of the cosmos... And how little we are, we're a speck of dust on this star ship traveling across the galaxy. And we can't imagine how the creator of the universe could care about every single one of us. I want you to know, kids, I want you to know, the kids that are here, that God loves you more than you will ever know. He cares about you. He knows the number of hairs you have on your head. He knows when you are born and how you will live. And he, but at the same time, he is beyond us. And that love is evident through creation. You know, we struggle with the suffering question when things aren't going right. When people make poor choices and somebody dies tragically on the 40th street or on Bayshore. Sometimes, understanding God as creator, it seems like God just steps back and just lets it all unfold, doesn't it? And that can mess with our understanding as God as creator. But in a Trinitarian understanding of God, Matthew, as I told the kids, says that Every one of our hairs are counted on our head. That God is intimately interested in you. Some of us have a hard time believing that. And if that's you, I, I want to encourage you 
to pray and reflect and maybe even read the scripture over the, over the summer months to see that God is indeed interested in you and interested in your family and interested in this community and the people on the edges. The tie of God beyond us can strengthen our relationship with God the Father. Like Rob, maybe some of you resonate more with Jesus. Jesus Christ, Jesus, we don't have time to go into all the names. Like Christ wasn't Jesus' last name, just to let you know. His name wasn't Jesus Christ, that wasn't his last name. But Jesus of Nazareth, who lived and then died and then was risen. We believe that God rose Jesus from the dead. Other names for this is Logos, Savior, the Word, and Redeemer. Second person of the Trinity. Colossians says that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. It's a picture for us. It's a word picture for who God is and how God is. This Jesus walked the earth as a preacher and a teacher and a healer and a savior, proclaiming a new kingdom. And so Paul says in this scripture, talks about justification, which is a very kind of church insider kind of word that many people don't necessarily understand. But what Paul says is that through Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection, we have an access to God in a new and powerful way. So Jesus redeems and restores our relationship with God and each other. And this is the second tie of strengthening our relationship with God is is we have a God, we have a God who forgives. We have a God that is not only beyond us, but we have a God who forgives. And there are two roadblocks around this. And I don't know if either any of you can identify with any of these, but I'm going to tell you about me. When I first came to the church for the, for the first time after a long time being away, I didn't think that I could be forgiven. I had way too much sin. I had way too much bad behavior. I had way too much selflessness. I had way too much pride. I had way too much whatever. You want to fill in that blank. And I didn't think that I could be forgiven. And that's a roadblock. Some people think that they have to, and you have people in your lives, I will guarantee it right now. You have people and friends that go to school with your kids. You have people at the gym. You have people in the grocery store that you know. You have people, your neighbors around you that don't think that they can be forgiven. And it's our job to remind them and to remind us that we can. So the first block, again, is not thinking we can be forgiven. The second block, which I find is very prevalent in our area town, is this, self-sufficiency. We don't think we need to be forgiven because sometimes we think we're good enough. We're good people. And so sometimes in the second time is coming to God with the places, the hidden places in our lives that we need peace with God and that we need to be forgiven, the ways we've fallen short, the ways we've stumbled. And we all stumble, right? We all stumble. 
both roadblocks are lies. If you don't believe that you can be forgiven or you need to have it all together before you can engage in church or in a deep and re- deeper relationship with Christ, or you believe that, eh, you know, I'm kind of a good person and I don't really, I, I haven't really sinned boldly, so I don't know that I need to, you know, people who have sinned boldly, we, we don't have any illusion we need God. That's why Jesus said, the sinners and the prostitutes will enter the kingdom of God before the religious because they know they need God. So where's the place in your life? Where's the place in your life that you're not experiencing peace and your own brokenness is blocking you from a deeper relationship with the Trinity? The first tie is God be honest. The second tie is God forgives us. So I do a group each week and it's a fascinating group. And it's a group with Christians and Buddhists, and agnostics, and atheists. And we were talking this week about, this is fascinating, we were talking this week about God and the character of God. It, it kind of just coincided with this Trinitarian thing, which helped me a lot. But anyway, they, we were talking about God and God's attributes and higher powers. And one person described her God this way. I thought it was interesting. She said, there is an energy that I feel within me that directs my path, that turns me around, that points me to love. She didn't use any Christian language, but I immediately thought of the Holy Spirit. I immediately thought of the Christian understanding. Like as we we offer ourselves to God as we accept God's forgiveness and experience it in our hearts, we're infused and the Holy Spirit is poured out into our hearts that shape us in the shape of Jesus Christ. We are actually called to be Christ in the world. We're actually, the Eastern Church called it divinization. We're to become Christ to everybody in the world as we wait for the next. So anyway, she described it and And I thought of the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And that's the third part. And I think you you described it beautifully. It is God with us. God is with you right now. When you're having challenges, when you're having joys, when you're out on the beach, when you're in a fight with somebody at work, when you're whatever, God is given to us so that we could be in communion. But oftentimes our, our blocks are we forget. We either are thinking about the past or thinking about the future and we're not in the now. And that's where the Holy Spirit is most available. And we have amazing access to that. That means you're never alone. Whatever struggle or adver- adverse situation you're dealing with, the Holy Spirit is with you. I want to give you just a few things that you could think about doing with the Holy Spirit. How many of you pray in your head to God? Just like when you pray, just kind of, dear God, dear Jesus, or whatever the words you are, say, okay. So so for those of you that primarily do that, I want to encourage you to talk to God in your own voice. Hear yourself talking to God. So when you're on, on your way to work or maybe whatever your prayer ritual is, just talk to God. 
Hey, God, invite God into that current situation. And then notice when and if God shows up. That's a way to experience God with us. We can act and believe that the Holy Spirit is with us, guiding us and pointing us towards love. So during these, uh, I couldn't find twisty ties. But I did find zip ties. I tried to get a bunch of different colors, but it was too overwhelming. So I just got black and white for you, and I'm going to set them right here. And I want, I want to invite you to consider to picking up one of these twist ties for the summer. And whether it's seeing God as Father and Creator, noticing God in nature and the majesty uh, of God, or it's inviting and remembering that you're forgiven or that you can share with somebody else that they're forgiven. I want you to pick up one of those to take with you. Or it's the reminder that God is with you in every moment of your day and night to take with you, put it somewhere, tie it around your car or put it in your bathroom. And just remember the invitation of a Trinitarian understanding, even a, like a worm like me that can't, can't actually explain it that there's a way that we can strengthen our ties over the summer together. Brothers and sisters, we are called to live anew, to love God and to love others and to love our enemies and to forgive people we don't want to forgive because we too have been forgiven. And that is really good news, even if we can't fully grasp the Trinity. In the name of the Father, the Creator, and of the Son, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, Sustainer, and Advocate, we pray, amen.